0: Welcome to the First Baptist Church Brunswick podcast. Join us as we desire to lead people into a deep and thriving relationship with Jesus Christ.
1: Hey, welcome everybody to the First Baptist Church Brunswick podcast. This is our first question and answer podcast on our uh, Daniel series. i have joined here with student pastor Ethan Floyd and our senior pastor Chris Winford today. Uh, my name is Britton Johnston. I'm the worship and young adult pastor here at our church. And we're excited
2: that you guys are here with us today. Why don't you guys welcome Awesome. Well, my name is Ethan Floyd, the student pastor, as Britton mentioned, and we're so glad you're with us. And I know we've been going through an intense Daniel series and we're kind of wrapping up. We're one week away from the end of it. and It has been awesome. But we're sitting here with Pastor Chris Winford today because there's a lot of questions that potentially have came up and have come to our our doorstep about Daniel, about some of his preaching. And just it's a book with provoking a lot of thought. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you have have any words for the audience real quick, Pastor Winford? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, Pastor Winford. Wow, that's there you go. <laughs> that is old school. Hey, this is our there. first Thank time, you. you know. We're just going to go at it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's good. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. You know, uh, studying uh, this book has been fantastic, and I, I'll, I'll tell you this: um, in in this series, I think you guys w- would agree or affirm me on this one. But um, in this Daniel series. Man, I, I've never seen a church that's been so engaged in just hearing mm. and wanting to hear the Word of God. Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, people have come ready to hear, and that's, that's exciting for, uh, a, for Pastor Winford over here. It's exciting. <laughs> I'm excited about that. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to some of these questions, and good questions. There's some hard questions in here, Mm -hmm. really, really difficult questions. I don't know if we'll be able to get to all of them in this first podcast. Maybe we can do a second one. What do you guys think?
1: I think that's definitely a possibility. Just thanks to everyone who sent questions first off. Uh, We really appreciate that. And uh, we'll see how this goes, and we can definitely do it again. Uh, But, yeah, like Pastor Chris said, we have boiled these down a little bit, and we're – Going to back and forth. Ethan's going to ask a question. I'm going to ask a question, and then, uh, Pastor, we're just going to let you kind of speak to some of these uh, different concerns and things that people want a little bit more explanation on. So we're sure. excited about that. Yeah,
2: that'd be great. That's great. Well, I'll, I'll start us off, and like you said, we did sift through these questions, but we'll just kind of work our way through and see how far we get. But first question: Why were these men—Daniel, Ezekiel, John, Simeon, etc.—chosen to see these vision, these visions, instead of others?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Whoever sent that one in, uh, kudos to you for thinking about that one. I'll be honest with you. I've, As I've studied Daniel and, you know, we look at the four visions that he had, uh, I've asked myself that question as well. Like, man, why did why did God choose Daniel um, to receive uh, these um, these visions? And, um, you know, what I come back to as to why Daniel received these visions, you just got to come back to it's the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. It's it's God's plan for Daniel's life, and we know because Scripture tells us that God has a plan for every single one of us, and it's different from from one another. I think a great Psalm Psalm one thirty nine which talks about how God created us and formed us in in the womb. Um, it says that uh, in Psalm one thirty nine it, it says this that uh, that in your book our days were written, our days were ordained for me. So it's very specific. So God had a specific plan for Daniel, and I'm thankful. Um, had a specific plan for Ezekiel um, and, and John and Simeon, all these guys who saw um, these visions. But, but another scripture that comes to my mind when I think about this question, why did God do this? Why did God choose this person? You know, a little, little confession here. I don't know if you guys, uh, Brit and Ethan, if you think about this, but so many times I think, why does God choose a certain person to be uh, um, in a in a certain leadership position, especially yeah. in the ministry, right? right? right. Um, I, I'll give you an example what I think about a lot is, I mean, why did God choose David Platt mm. to be in certain positions? David's close to my age. Um, I think he has two PhDs, I think. I know at least one for He's sure. He's a smart guy. He's mm. a smart guy. Taught at seminary already. Leader of the, our International Mission Board at one point. He so go, man, God, why why him? Right. I mean, yeah. nothing against the guy. I don't even know the guy, but why did you choose David and not somebody else? But, um, a scripture that comes back to mind is John 21, uh, verses 17 through 23. Um, this is a story. You guys know this and listeners, you know, this as well. I think, um, if not, here's the background In John chapter 21, this is when Jesus t- comes to Peter and says, feed my sheep. Now, how many times does he tell Peter to feed my sheep? Does it? Yeah. Does it three times? Right. Mm-hmm. And by the end, Peter's like, okay, Lord, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? And at the end of that, um, you know, encouragement to feed my sheep, Jesus then looks at Peter. I think this is so key here to answer this question. Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, by the way, I just want to let you know um, that you're going to be led away to die a certain death. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be bound and you're going to be led. And so what he's telling Peter, man, there's going to be some difficult things coming. And then Peter who always said he has foot and mouth disease. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> same. And, yeah, same. <laughs> and so and so and then Peter then looks at John, whom scripture says this is the one that Jesus loved. Um, Peter looked at John and then said to Jesus, Well, well, Jesus, what about him? Mm-hmm. Don't remember this? Yeah. Yeah. And then Jesus, <laughs> I, I I love Jesus. He just kind of looked back at Peter and said, Really, this is Chris Winford's uh, version right here. Uh, he basically looked at Peter and said, what's that to you? Mm-hmm. Does it doesn't matter. He said, just follow me. And so, um, although it's a great question, um, why did God choose those guys, uh, to see visions, that sovereignty to God, God chose that. I don't know, but I think we do ourselves a disservice to dwell on why God's gifted other people and not gifted us.
1: Right. Uh, right. Yeah. I think it's definitely like a, a spirit of comparison that can creep in when you start mm-hmm. asking that kind of question. And, you know, we start like, why is this person doing that? And and then we kind of become, begin yeah. to get inwardly focused and say, okay, well, why am I not you yeah. know, lifted up to whatever place? Or why am I not seeing visions? Right. Why is God not speaking to me? And then we, you know, we feel inadequate and that's really not the point. God is doing his will no matter who he uses. And we, we mourn with those who mourn. We rejoice with those who rejoice, and God's using yeah. those people. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think another thing that I'm just thinking about is, you know, we, we look at those men, Daniel, Ezekiel, John, and Simeon. Um, even though they had the vision, the great thing is they wrote them down, and we can read their vision. Right. So yeah. we, we have seen that, and, and we actually have seen things that they haven't seen, mm-hmm. and we have read things that they have not read. And so, you know, on this side of their visions, I think we've actually seen <clears throat> more. We've seen more. Yeah. They seen, they see, just saw a little piece of the puzzle. And, 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 and we're able to see a little bit more of that puzzle. Yeah. And so yeah. anyways, yeah, that's, that's a good, great question. Good question good, though. question. good question. Yeah. Very good. A lot of good
1: thoughts. Um, well, this next question uh, I want to throw over to you um, is uh, interesting. One I actually, I actually, this is my question, uh, which I'm excited about to hear. Um, I want to bring up Darius, the Mead. Darius, the mead uh, comes up a few times in the book of Daniel. Uh, we know that after Babylon falls. Medo Persian Empire comes in. Uh, then Darius, this this king, is mentioned many times. And then, just through some googling and stuff, uh, this is kind of a controversy as far as Darius the Meat goes. So, can you kind of speak to who Darius is, where does he line in history, what does history say about him? Because um, I know that uh, the validity of Daniel and uh, I believe it's he's also mentioned in Jeremiah. Um, it kind of hangs on some of this stuff so can you kind of talk to talk about Darius a little bit
0: yeah this is a really really good 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 question and I don't know for those of you who are listening I don't know if you know um, uh, why this is a really good <clears throat> question this is a great question it's a difficult one to answer and it can be confusing because you have to know um, you have to know ancient history and I don't think uh, many of us spend a lot of time studying <laughs> not really <laughs> class I fell asleep in that's right you, we don't study ancient history but um, but but this is where historical records come can be confusing because there is no record in secular history of a person by the name of Darius the Mede. Hmm. There's no record of that name. And so that's pretty, pretty confusing when we read that in Scripture. Now, it's in the Bible, sure, right? We know the Bible's true, so we believe that this man um, was a real man. So why is secular history... Um, why is he not in, in the ancient textbooks, if you will? Well, let me break this down for you just a little bit. I, there's a reason why historical records can be so confusing. And I hope I'm not confusing in this, in this answer, but one of the reasons why historical records can be confusing is when, when you translate ancient languages, mm. right? And when you translate ancient languages into English, it creates spelling differences. Right. Does that make sense? And so, in English, we want to spell words correctly. If a word is spelled differently in English, what does that mean? It means it's a completely what? It's a completely different, different word. Yeah, it's a new word. It's a totally different word if the spelling is different. Well, that wasn't necessarily the case in ancient uh, languages, right? And so, sometimes the words or the lettering the lettering would be changed, and so that's caused um, it's caused difficulty in interpreting who who. This person is and, um, and and so forth. So spelling caused some differences, and also I think you probably understand this. That when kings um, would conquer another kingdom, sometimes they would take on the name of that kingdom as well. So there could be different titles. Um, but so anyway, so back to Darius the Mede. All right, let's get into some history. <laughs> let's get into the history right now. Let's go. Um, even though his name isn't in secular history, um, many. Many biblical scholars believe that the secular name Gobrias, G-O-B-R-Y-A-S, is actually Darius the Mede. Um, And they can look at that because the date's set up just perfectly with one another. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we do see someone who is very, very similar to this Darius the me, but he goes by the name uh, Gobrius. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, but we'll just we'll just go with it, you yeah. know. But um, um, several, several years ago, um, archaeologists discovered what was called the Nabonidus Chronicle. You guys ever heard of that? I have not. I have not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ethan, I think in my nursery rhyme, Surpri- it was mentioned once nursery? or twice.
1: Surprisingly, no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the Nabonidus <laughs> Chronicle, um, it's a it's a it's a text um that, that archaeologists found and it actually covers the conquest of Babylon um, by the Persians. Hmm. Which is exactly what we're talking about with oh, yeah. the raised meat. So it's a pretty important piece. Of, of archaeology that, that they found. And in the Nabonidus Chronicle, there is a man by the name of Gobrias that is very, very, very similar to Darius uh, the Mede. Um, and so that, that would be a good explanation as to who Darius the Mede was. Mm. Uh, for more context, the New American Commentary um, provides great detail um, regarding who this man is. And I think also when you think about... Um, Daniel chapter 5 I don't know if you guys Remember what Daniel chapter 5 is That was like 35 weeks ago I know ago it's been, been a minute hasn't one, it? Right? But Daniel chapter 5 A little test for you Listen, oh, Let's yeah. see if they Know this one Daniel chapter 5 What was that about Remember
2: I'm going to be honest I don't remember There you go That's good Well because I, I just
1: Flipped in my physical Bible <laughs> To Daniel chapter 5 <laughs> I will say I do think it's about the handwriting on the that's wall.
0: Right. That's right. That's, that's right. Winner, winner. Um, yeah. Chicken so it's dinner. about the handwriting on the wall. This is when this is the last night of the Babylonian Empire, right? The handwriting on the wall, um, and Belshazzar is the king of Babylon. Can't interpret the the, the uh, handwriting. Brings Daniel in. Well, that night, um, the Medes and the Persians conquer the Babylonians. Here's mm-hmm. another history lesson. All right, let's see if these two guys can, can know this one. All right, all right how did the Medes and the Persians, this was in my sermon, oh, all right? Dang. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, here we go. Yeah, so <laughs> how did the Medes and the Persians conquer Babylon that night? How did they do it? Do you remember? I,
1: yeah. I remember you saying they, like, were surrounded the city and, like, they'd been there for a long time. Yes. Am I correct on that?
0: Yes. That, yes. Okay. Yes. And
2: that, that night, wasn't, wasn't he assassinated?
0: Yeah, yeah, he was taken that night, yes. Yeah. Um, but there was a certain thing that they did, that the Medes and the Persians did to Babylon that enabled them to get into the city. Guerrilla warfare. Close.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the Trojan horse, horse uh, Troy scene horse. right now. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. So no, actually what they did is they went uh, several miles outside the city and they cut off the water flow to the, to the Euphrates River. Mm. The Euphrates went straight through the city and over the river, the Babylonians have built some gates. And so they stopped the flow of the river, and the Median Persians crawled on a dry riverbed underneath the gates, and they walked right in, and nobody knew what was happening.
1: Wow. Wow. I do not recall that. There you go. Yeah. There
0: you go. This is why you need to come listen to this podcast. Yes. yes. <laughs> it is a history lesson. And so but, that is awesome. But, anyways, and so um, so when the Median Persians, Destroyed the Babylonians. We have to remember, and this is the hard thing about uh, this this text and Daniel is the Medes and Persians were really two countries in one. Yeah, the Medes and the Persians. Well, the king of the Persians is a man by the name of Cyrus. Cyrus, Cyrus. that's right. That's yes. right.
2: I was I was like gonna act like I was gonna say the answer and try to sound smart <laughs> until Britain said the answer and they said, "Oh, right well, I, I appreciate you putting me out there on the ledge." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: the ruler of the Persians is Cyrus, Cyrus the Great. And we know him, history knows him. And the ruler of the Medes was this man by the name of Gobrias, or we know him as Darius the Mede. So anyways, I don't you know. Do. I, I might be the only one who gets excited about those types of things. Uh, but, I was uh, excited about it. Yeah, I asked the question. <laughs> I, was I was excited. Good. Other than trying to answer, answer those
2: questions, I was having fun. I was too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. But I could see, thank you um, for all that, Pastor Chris. And I know that. A lot of times it seems like people will attack the Bible anywhere they can to try to find a discrepancy, to try to discredit it, try to say it's not valid, and try to say it's not truth, it's not the Word of God. And as the pastor has mentioned before, yesterday in his sermon, but also previously in sermons, that Daniel's a big book of controversy. People look to and try to say, hey, this God thing's not real. This Bible's not real. Look, there's a fallacy there. And once again, the Scripture defends itself. Um, sometimes you have to look a little bit harder, but... Thank you for that. I know we have another question that potentially could be a big question, <laughs> and so y'all have some grace for the pastor here because it's, I think it's near impossible to answer every faucet of this all at one time in just a little podcast, but um, we had a really good question come in saying, it's not really a question, but can you go into more detail on the prophecy and timeline in Daniel chapter 9, verses 26 to 27? Does it specifically put a time on Jesus' second coming?
0: Yeah, that is definitely not a softball question uh, right Right there. Um, but for those of you who are listening, maybe you're driving down the road or you, maybe you don't have your Bible uh, nearby. Um, Daniel chapter 9, verse 26 and 27, it references the 70 weeks. Um, if y'all remember, we, we preached on that a couple of weeks ago. Um, the 70 weeks, which um, uh, actually references um, time. Mm-hmm. That there is a timeline, and we know. If you remember in that message, we definitely talked about um, God is the beginning and God is the ending, and so, and that He is outside of time. And so, when we talk about time, we have to remember that time is a is 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 kind of like it, it's only for us humans, right? Mm-hmm. Because God yeah. is outside of it, so God is not seeing time as you and I see time, right? Does that make sense? That's That's Absolutely. hard to understand, isn't it? It yeah. blows your mind. It yeah. does. It does. Um, and so when we look at that, God is trying to speak into us through the prophet Daniel, and he gives us this timeline of 70 weeks. And if you remember, Ethan, I'm sure you remember this, right, that there was, according to uh, chapter 9, verses, we can go back a couple of verses, verse 24 through 27, um, we learned that there is a specific time when the end of time begins.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All
0: right? Um, and that is when um, um, the Jewish people are allowed to go back to rebuild the city and the temple. And the, declaration,
1: house, the declaration. The right. declaration
0: to go back. And we know that's found in, in Nehemiah. We read that in Ezra as well. So there's some tie-ins to those, to those two when that declaration comes. And we know from history, from Bible and through secular history, that that began in 445 B.C.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So in 445 B.C. is when the 70 weeks have begun. Okay. Um, and when we read our text, and let me just uh, let me just pick up in verse number twenty-five, um, and it says, this, "So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem." So there we go. That's what we just talked about. Until Messiah the Prince comes, now who's the Messiah the Prince? Well, we know mm-hmm. we know that's Jesus. We know yeah. that the Messiah. Yep. This is one thing. What I, what I love about verse twenty-five is this is this is a prophecy that the Messiah will come. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you have any friends who are Jewish, um, many Jewish people still are waiting for the Messiah to come. Yeah. They missed his first coming, right? Right. Yeah. Well, here's a prophecy in the book of Daniel um, that that the Messiah is going to come to rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. There will be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. Combine those two weeks together, and so or those two numbers, so you're going to come up with sixty-nine weeks,
2: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's right.
0: Okay. Um, and so let me break down that first seven weeks, okay?
1: I feel like I need a pad and paper. I know this You're is not a hard. Calculator. This is hard.
0: I know. Somebody told me, Pastor, you need to put a timeline on, your, on the screen when you preach. I was like, listen, if I put a timeline up there, I spend half my time explaining the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. I know it's hard. Um, but the seven weeks um, references the, the rebuilding of, of the temple, okay? They gave the decree to go back it took them seven years or, or seven 49 years, seven sevens, 49 years to rebuild everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay? So there's the belief that those first seven sevens, that's 49 years, that's the rebuilding of the temple. So then that leaves 62 more weeks. Well, you do the, you do the math and other scholars did this. I just read it. I come up to understand it. Uh, the, the, the next 62 weeks lead us to when, uh, when Jesus is on this earth and it's actually when Jesus enters into Jerusalem, riding on the back of a donkey, and he says, you know, hey, this is who I am. I'm the King of Kings. I'm the Lord of Lords, right? right. So then that leaves us. Let's keep let's keep reading. Verse number twenty six. Then after the sixty-two weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. Now what do you think that means? means what does cut off mean? To die, right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. that's the In biblical Gary. Biblical terminology for dying—you are going to, you are going to be cut off. You are going to die. So after yeah. the sixty-two weeks, the Messiah is going to be cut off. Well, I mean, question for everybody listening: um, did, did that happen already?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody
1: listening? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it I'm listening. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, Jesus died on the cross. Um, very, very clear. We know that. That's key to our. Um. It's key to our salvation. It's key to our theology. It's key to our life. And so we know that that has happened. So seven weeks, which is seven years, seven weeks times seven. Excuse me. This is where it gets confusing, right? Yeah. This is where it gets confusing. Weeks mean seven. So you have seven sevens, 49 years. The, the temple was rebuilt. Was it rebuilt? Yes, it was. 49 years. 49 yes. years. Yes, it was rebuilt. The next 62 weeks, what leads us to... Um, Jesus' death, mm-hmm. did that happen? Yes, those two things have happened. So that gives us 69 weeks. Well, that leaves us with how many weeks left? That means there's that one week left. One, week. one yeah. week. So we know historically that we're somewhere between the 69th and the 70th week. Right. Now, the question is, do we know when Jesus is going to come? Well, We don't. The, the text doesn't say that. Yeah. Right. We just know that he's going to come
1: we know what Jesus said about his coming as well.
0: That's right. That's right. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, hey, nobody knows the hour or the time that I'm going to come. Only my Father knows. But know this, I am coming, therefore you need to be prepared. Mm -hmm. So does it specifically put a time on Jesus' second coming? Not specifically as we know the time or the date or the hour. We can't know that. We don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But we do know that it's around the 70th week.
2: Right. Yeah,
1: and when that seventieth week begins is the question.
0: That that's right. That's the question. Then that, then you bring up, uh, uh, you know, uh, pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, premillennialism. You bring up all of these other questions. But but I think before we before we talk about that, because that's actually one of the next questions I think that was given to us. Um, yeah, I think Britton had brought this up earlier, and a lot of people had brought this up early as well um when the when the Jewish people went into exile went to Babylon in exile um, all the way until the time Jesus returns, uh, that is called the time of the Gentiles written yeah. had you heard of that phrase before? I was telling
1: uh, before we started the podcast, I was just telling these guys that I had never heard that phrase before actually um you know basically how time had stood still kind of and we're in this age of grace and God is... Um, desiring that all come to a knowledge of him and be saved. And uh, that's obviously we know that's where we are. But as far as hearing that actual term, no, I had not heard that term before.
2: Yeah. Ethan, how about you? Yeah, I had never heard that either. I I knew I've heard age of grace before, Mm -hmm. but time of Gentiles, I think I've seen Jesus say that once in in the Gospels. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of overlooked it. Um, knowing that he first came to the Jews and mm-hmm. as they rejected him, right. he then went right. to the Gentiles. Right. Yep. But yeah, I've, I've never heard that explained.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. And Jesus is the one who uses the term in Luke twenty-one, twenty-four 24, that uh, until the time of the Gentiles is finished. Well, what is the time of the Gentiles? The time right. of the Gentiles is when God says, Jewish people, I'm putting you on hold for now. Mm-hmm. Okay, So so we can go back and I'll ask you guys this question. Why did God send the Israelites... The Jewish people. Why did he send them into exile?
1: Because they didn't obey him. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They didn't they obey, obey him. him. They uh, worshipped other gods, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Listen, I've told you time and time and time again. You know, follow me." They didn't, and he said, "I'm going to send you into exile." And here's what's going to happen, he said. And other people who speak different languages are going to rule over you. Hmm. Oh my goodness, that is that has happened all throughout history. Yeah, right. Right, um, and so. When they went into exile to Babylonian captivity, that began the time of the gentiles. Hmm. When other people would be over the Israelite people. Hmm. So we are still in that time frame. Now, something changed when Israel became a nation again.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about that.
0: Right? And so, so that plays into the coming of the 70th week. How does it come? I don't know completely, but it is one of the prophecies that has to be fulfilled. Because I don't know if you know this, but Israel is the only nation in the world's history. Now, this is pretty amazing. It's the only, only nation in the world's history that was a nation, ceased to become a nation, and became a nation again. And it's the same nation.
1: And it's wow. crazy, isn't it? I've never thought about that.
2: Yeah, that's... But it's true. More proof of God's hand. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you can't say
0: you think God's about hand all the is... ancient countries, there's not. They're not around yeah. anymore. Yep, yep, yep. That's exactly right. And so, so we're in the time of Gentiles, meaning where God is dealing with the Gentile people. All right, and so you and I are Gentiles. All right, if you're not yeah. Jewish, you're a Gentile. Right. And so, but that means that there's going to be a time when God will, um, I guess you could say, stop working with the Gentiles and begin to turn back to the Jewish people. And that's going to be around that 70th week time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak to pre post mid trib <laughs> at all, or you want to save
1: that for another <laughs> podcast?
0: Um, yeah, I can, I can speak, I can speak briefly to that, but I think it'd be a good, good thing to probably do another podcast on this one. Cause this is extremely difficult, extremely difficult. And, yeah. um, I think we're trying to limit this podcast probably about
2: thirty yeah. minutes. Yeah, or we so, got about probably. ten minutes yeah. left,
1: and we're going to try to trudge through to a few more questions. Yeah, um, but definitely, uh, Ethan, you got another question?
2: Yeah. So, and I think we could even save that kind of give our listeners something to to look forward to. Yeah. Oh back yeah, to yeah. On a, Have a little, a little teaser, teaser there, Come on sure back. They, yeah, come a lot back. Of people, I'm sure have that question in mind. Um, Do
0: you yeah. want to go through tribulation or not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I know the answer. That I don't want. What tickles the ears the best? That's, there. Right, yeah. that's exactly right. That's right. I don't. Um
2: I do have, there was one question that was asked earlier that I, I think I recall, but I know someone asked about what sources you used.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Good, good question. As a matter of fact, while we're recording this podcast, um, somebody texted me that another uh, similar question, like, what are your resources? About that? And, uh, gosh, there's about uh, seven or eight resources that I used to study. Um, and it was uh, – uh, I'm a big precept uh, believer, precept upon precept. That's a K-author ministries, precept ministries. And what I did for the biblical studies was um, I just used their material to help me study um, uh, the book of Daniel, um, basically learning how to live out a biblical worldview, um, and then how to gain an understanding of the end times. And that's the precept ministries, um, which is let scripture interpret scripture. So I think that's the main thing you got to begin with when you when you do the resource. Um, you got to read. You got to read the book. You got to read Daniel to understand what it's talking about. Uh, another resource is the New American Commentary. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. Solid. This solid, solid, solid. Um, another one that I used was the Expositors Bible Commentary. Um, it's a good one. Um, and then a book that I read is called Preaching Christ from Daniel, uh, Foundations for Expository Sermons by Sidney Greediness. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly or not, hmm. but that's what we're going to go with. But fantastic. That was probably my favorite book. Favorite resource: Preaching Christ from Daniel. Preaching Christ from Daniel: Foundations for Biblical Exposition. And say for
2: author's name, one more time. I told you, I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> now, for
0: for our listeners, are we talking like
1: uh, like like hundred pages? We're talking like big, thick. No, thing? no, no, you know no. no. That's a big, thick one. That's a That's big, thick big, one. <laughs> That's a big, thick one with big words. <laughs> a afternoon. Okay, all right. Gonna... Yeah, it's a big words, but let your pastor read it and let him uh, give you the cliff notes.
0: No, what's great about that book was um, was. Um, is it that, that that book, the author kept, the purpose of his book was to make sure that when you preach Daniel, you preach what the text says. You you stay, mm. there's a purpose for each chapter, meaning it's so easy in the book of Daniel to to moralize each character, right? Yeah. Um, like, oh, look at what Daniel did, therefore I need to be like Daniel. Right, yeah. There's some truth there, right? Yes. But this book is not the story of Daniel. Daniel, it's the story of what God has done for the Jewish people, right? right? And so the book is about okay, okay. Uh, this book was written to the exiles, and he's and God's through Daniel is saying, "Hey exiles, know this: I'm still watching you. I'm still sovereign. You be encouraged. We're going to win. Mm. That's the that's the story. Yeah. And you guys know this. I've done it too. But so many times we want to moralize it, right? Yeah. Be
1: like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, uh, but. but yeah. You know, really, that's a pointing of faith. Oh, look at the fourth person in the fire. Right. Point your faith to him uh, who is Jesus Christ and not so much a, you know, and I love the way you preach that way and uh, just that movement in our nation of, you know, preach the Bible uh, as one story that points to Jesus. And, you know, don't just be like David and conquer your Goliath. No, Jesus is the one conquering your Goliath. Run and turn to him uh, as opposed to just this, yeah, be a good moral person like these moral people in the Bible because they all fail. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's really good. Like, oh, you know, how does how to stand firm in the fires? Well, yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. We want to, but what's? Yeah. How can you stand firm? Right. I mean, it's it's because you go back to, to Daniel one eight when Daniel said, "I made up my mind to not defile myself." Yeah. You know, and I believe his three friends were with him in that um, decision as well. But you know, it's 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 about something else, right? Yeah. And um. Or you can even say um, the kings. Well, I don't want to be like King Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Well, yeah, that's true, but Nebuchadnezzar is not the point. The point is that unseen hand of God that moves all throughout, all throughout the book of Daniel. There's God behind the scenes, and we just need to know that no matter what we go through, no matter what we go through, God's hand is, is behind it all, and he's got us, you know, um, and, mm-hmm. and we're going to be okay. And in
1: the end, we, we win. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm going to kind of move us along here. We've got about five or six minutes left. Uh, we've got a few more questions. I'm going to save one for the end if we get to it um, uh, on a biblical question. But, uh, well, these are all biblical questions. Anyway, uh, the question came in amongst uh, just some some. Hashing out and processing of thought about Daniel, uh, can you kind of speak to this past sermon? Um, which, if you're listening to this podcast, it'd be the podcast right before this one. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. Uh, but Daniel 11 chapter, uh, yeah, chapter 11 verses 36 and 37, uh, where it speaks directly about. Uh, what well, you pointed out to us is the beginning of uh, this is speaking about the antichrist right and right. Uh, there's two things that uh, question asker just wanted to, you to kind of expound upon is uh, number one the redistribution of wealth mm-hmm. that, is just, that is talked about and then the desire for women uh, so I'm kind of ball those up into one question and let me read the verse so just so our listeners have some context this is Daniel 11 36 and 37 I read from the New American Standard it says then the king will do as he pleases he the king is the the antichrist he will exalt and magnify himself above every god and will speak monstrous things against the god of gods and he will prosper until the indignation is finished for that which is decreed will be done he will show no regard for the gods of his fathers or for the desire of women nor will he show regard for any gods he will magnify himself above them all so can you kind of speak to that and uh <laughs> i may not have gotten to the redistribution yeah that was in but.
0: that was yeah the redistribution of wealth was referencing uh, antiochus the fourth epiphanes in verse number twenty four but ah, who go. was a who was a picture of who's a picture of the antichrist and um i think i think uh somebody questioned was 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 I referencing to socialism right, that right, was right. that was the question. I never said the word socialism in the in the sermon. That was mm. uh but there is a redistribution of wealth that we know historically that Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes did. Mm. Now the there question is where did he get his wealth? Well he defeated he plundered it. He yeah. plundered it. And so when he comes back to Israel, and this we know this historically, okay, is that is that when he came back he did redistribute the wealth that he had either won fairly or not. He came back, and he used it as a bribe. Yeah. Right. Because history, um, if, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you can read um, information about the Maccabean revolt. Uh, revolts. Uh, this is big in Jewish history. This is Antiochus' fourth epiphanies. Um, and so Antiochus, um, he— he bribed Jewish people to turn against their brothers and sisters. Yeah. And so he convinced Jewish people to, compu- to kill or to, you know, whatever, turn against their own Jewish people. And so there was part of that redistribution was just what he had won from armies. And yes, that's what verse 24 talks about. Right. But also, you when know, historically, there was some heavy taxation that's going on as well. Mm-hmm. So whether or not this is directly related to socialism or not... Uh, who, who, who knows? knows
1: right and i think it, you've done a really good job of saying you know whether or not the antichrist is necessarily like this we see that spirit of antichrist mm-hmm. about history right and, and it can paint
0: for us a potential picture of what we should be looking out for that's right mm-hmm. that's right and and that's what antiochus the fourth epiphanies was he was the picture of an of the antichrist and so this is just what we look at can we be extremely dogmatic about that i I don't know, but there's a spirit, like you said, that there is a spirit behind that. And, um, you know, and there's definitely that spirit of, I mean, let's just be honest. There's a spirit of that socialism that's rising in our country today. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, we're reading about that all the time. And we've and, seen
1: that through American history as well. Sure. Our fight against stuff like that. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, so, so that's the redistribution of the wealth. Um, is, is Does the Bible speak against, speak against those things? Well, I I, I don't think the the Bible speaks about any type of government. Right. Yeah. We know this that any type of government who rejects God mm-hmm. is a bad government.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Yep. Um, and so let let me, let me jump to the to the next question was about um, verse number thirty seven about I think. Uh, the Antichrist, because we know from verse 36 through verse 45 in Daniel 11, it talks about the Antichrist in the future, meaning these things have not yet to come, but we can get a, get a picture of him. And it talks about his desire, he'll show no regard for the gods of his father or for the desire of women. What in the world does that really mean? Yeah. And, and you know, yesterday when I preached this, um, I said, it is possible, mm-hmm. it is possible, well, not dogmatic about this, it is possible that uh, he, he, he likes men. Mm-hmm. or he he prefers men. Um, and historically many scholars um, and, and, and there's there's different opinions about what this means. Some believe this references homosexuality. Some believe that but then others don't believe that it references uh, homosexuality. you know there is a Jewish uh, belief um, that that women desired to be the mother of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there could be the belief here, <gasps> That that the Jewish women don't want to be this guy's mother. Or it could also reference the fact that the Antichrist could be Jewish.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, wrestle with all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just blows your mind. <laughs> yeah. Try to preach that on Sunday morning in a very short amount of time, and you just can't. Right. You just can't. It's too much. It's too much. Right. Yeah. So there's all possibilities. So then the question is, why did I choose on the on the that he may like men or prefer men over women. Well, I just see the rise of that in our culture and across the world today. Right. And we know what the Bible says about that, right? Yeah, right. And again, we're, we're not hating.
2: No. We're not hating not. at all.
0: Absolutely not. You know, yeah. um and so anyways, very, very difficult, but yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's that's awesome. And I think someone did ask that, how do you understand these differences in the translations and deal with homosexuality? The question and said, is homosexual sin really the point of this passage? And I think, if y'all have not checked out the podcast, previous podcast, please go listen to it. But from his sermon yesterday, as Pastor Chris presented it as a part of what that could allude to, that was just to answer that on my own. Uh that definitely is not the main point of the pastor. Right. Mm-hmm. That was just the detail the, the pastor explained and, and, and elaborated on. But I think he handled it so well about us as Christians in a world right now that's very polarizing. The pastor did mention that, hey, we we don't hate anyone. That's right. I think that's good for yeah. everyone to hear. That's and right. if you did do that, and sometimes you can put this in a box, or God hates God hates me if my sex is this or whatever. But I think it's I think it's pretty clear that the pastor made it yesterday that God hates sin. That's right, and, absolutely. And He loves us, and so yeah. we have to be careful in this day and age of with the rise of this of how we communicate. But man, truth is truth, and so
1: yeah, and, and I think that. You do a great job, especially at the end of, you know, every we call them, it's your sermon, but it's in a podcast form for all you podcast listeners. Of um, just kind of honing us back into that. Well, The point is Jesus. The point right. is uh, all these things are great to know and awesome to learn about and to study, and I hope it uh, uh, whets your whistle to go and, and read more and learn more. Right. But at the end of the day, a desire with Jesus, a, a relationship with Jesus, excuse me, uh, is the main point. Right. It's the main, yeah. the main reason why right. we do what we do. And That's right. we're saying, hey, these things are coming. They're coming down the pipe. They've... they've They've been exposed throughout history, but at the end of the day, uh, whether whether we have end times coming or uh, not, whether, whether the end times are in the next five years or 50 or 100, right. uh, we are limited on our amount of time, and we are in our own end times, if right. you will. Right. Um, and so making sure that uh, yeah. you're walking with the Lord.
2: That's right. And I think it's easy to get caught up sometimes in this abstract and these kind of the deep theological and philosoph- philosophical arguments and these what ifs but I think it goes back to like you said as the pa- the pastor brings it back to how do we apply this in our daily life right. and if you listen to a sermon somewhere near the middle or, or near the end typically you see hey what does that mean for us today right. that's not an excuse for us to, to disobey today or not make right. disciples now because oh it's coming let's just not act and so Let's come back to what does God call us to do today on this Monday? That's, That's right. Good. That's
0: right. Yeah. Well, it's uh, man, guys, it's been fun. It has been a blast. We've flown by. And so um, definitely want to do this again, maybe answer some of the tribulation questions next time around. Um, yeah. And uh, man, any podcasters that are listening, if you do have any questions, man, you can shoot them to us, podcast at FPCBrunswood.com. Mm-hmm. We'd love to answer those as best as we can. And we all understand that, uh, uh, that God's word is true. This is what we stand on. God's word is true. And, And um, that's what we're going to go by. Yep. and we're gonna we're gonna trust that
1: absolutely. Like Pastor said, uh, email your questions to podcast at fbcbrunswick.com. com. We hope you guys have a great December, a merry Christmas. Uh, we've got our services every Sunday at ten thirty in the morning. You can join us live on our website fbcbrunswick.com, com or on our Facebook page. Check us out there. Uh, also, we've got our Christmas Eve services coming up. Uh, we got two services at four thirty and six thirty. You can RSVP for those services on our website as well or by calling the church office again thanks so much for being a part of this podcast it's been a pleasure and we will see you guys next time